0: You're listening to Get the Skinny with your hosts, Brian Kilby and John DeLuna. This is Get the Skinny, Episode 7. I'm your host, Brian Kilby. Uh, John DeLuna is traveling this week, so you are stuck with me. Sorry uh, for getting the show up late last week. Of course, I was uh, traveling for a nerd convention, which I am want to do on occasion. And uh, this week's show is a little bit late as well. Uh I've been busy today, been out and about. And uh, one thing that I was doing was uh working on some DIY fitness equipment uh that we'll talk about a little later on in the show. In fact, uh I'm running late on everything. Um I'm actually I I have to plan out my meals uh each week. I'm starting to do that. And uh, it, right now, as of as, uh, record time, it's 9.30 Eastern. I try to go to bed these days around 10 o'clock Eastern, so I'm going to be a little late this evening. Uh, I have to uh, prep my meals. Uh, I I guess for the whole week, um, I'm going to eat a lot of chicken. <laughs> uh, I was actually out at lunch today at a friend's house, and we had uh, these uh, really awesome sandwiches. He roasted uh, his own meats, uh, ham, and chicken. And uh, there was a lot of chicken left over. So it saved me from having to go out uh, and buy it and prepare it. And the sandwiches were excellent. I uh, tried my best to eat healthy, uh, but I did put a little bit of cheese on there. And I, I try to avoid cheese. I shouldn't do that. But when I eat sandwiches, I, I don't really eat cheese that often. But I, I did have two slices of Swiss today. It was really good. So what I'll probably end up doing is uh, portioning that out for... Uh, Monday through Friday, so I may try to make two meals out of it, maybe, uh, like an early lunch and a late lunch so that I can sort of eat, eat less, but more frequently. So, uh, I'm looking at probably preparing that and some quinoa, you know, I never thought that I would actually like quinoa. It just seemed like one of those, I don't know, frou-frou, hippy-dippy sorts of foods, but my God, I love that stuff. Uh, It makes a great substitute for rice, and uh, it's high in protein. It's really good. If you haven't actually uh, tried quinoa, uh, seriously, give it a shot. The stuff's great. But, uh, yeah, so I I was actually busy today. Also, I I was working on some DIY uh, do-it-yourself fitness equipment. I I don't know that I've mentioned this before, but uh, recently, in the last uh, three or four months, I built my own weight bench. And the reasons are many-fold. One, well, I, I'm I'm pretty big. I'm like I said, I right now I'm clocking it at, at over three hundred pounds and I certainly want to get that down. But any uh weight bench you buy, usually it says, Oh, max five hundred pounds. I'm like, Oh great, you know, I can that means I could bench press four hundred and fifty pounds and be okay. Well, no, no, because you have to add your own weight. <laughs> and uh if you're um you know, certainly if you're close to the two hundred mark Um, or, you know, like me over it, that means that you are going to be limited with the amount of weight that you can put on it. And, uh, really nice benches that hold like a lot of weight cost a lot of money, but I was doing some searching on the internet and I saw where this guy had built this bench that, um, he, uh, he guesstimated would hold about a ton. Yeah. 2000 pounds made basically with, uh, Two by four uh, two by fours and uh, plywood, so uh, commonplace building uh, materials that you can get at your local hardware store. I got mine at Lowe's and uh, I was you know it didn't cost much I think I, I think I all in all I, I spent about seventy dollars putting it together, but uh, that thing is sturdy as can be. I have no fear whatsoever of uh, putting myself in as much weight as I want to on it, and the thing is really comfortable too. Uh, I actually, I'm pretty impressed with myself, but I actually did my own upholstery on it and it was way easier than I thought. So on the blog post, uh, for this week's episode, I'll actually link out to that. Uh, that is certainly something that you could do as an easy weekend project and it's going to be way sturdier than uh, any bench you go buy yourself for, you know, any reasonable amount of money, but that's not what I built this weekend. So On Facebook, I subscribe to Lifehacker. That's one of the pages that I like. And there's always information on Lifehacker on how to do this or how to do that. And the thing that was posted this week was how to build your own Bulgarian training bag. And I saw that. I'm like, what's a Bulgarian training bag? Uh, It turns out it's basically this canvas bag that's weighted with handles. And you can do all these freeform types of exercises with it. And it's really simple. And I really like really simple. And honestly, it looks like I, something I could probably do while standing in my living room watching TV. I don't, I don't really watch a lot of TV. But if I do, I really want to bundle that with something else. I, I, a recent episode of uh, Freakonomics, the Freakonomics podcast, talked about bundling one activity that you don't want to do with an activity that you do want to do. And I was really I was really interested in that. I, I've kind of always done that, but I never really thought about it. But I'm trying to be more proactive with that sort of activity. So I saw this Bulgarian training bag on the Lifehacker article, and it said, "Well, this is how you can make it yourself." So well, I, I looked at the instructions, and it seemed really simple. So I made a plan for this weekend to go ahead and do that, and uh, I did. Basically, it consists of something for weight. It recommended wood pellets or rubber mulch, and uh, basically either like a canvas bag or an inner tube from a truck tire. I went to the local auto parts store. They didn't have it. So I ended up going to a local tractor supply company, and uh, they actually had inner tubes. So I I paired that with some rubber mulch, and um, really all you do is you cut the inner tube in half – uh, then you basically, the inner tube has that uh, valve. You just cut that off, cut it, cut it in half where the valve is and you can just trim that piece off. Uh, leave about five, four or five inches of slack to use as a handle. Then zip tie it there. I put two zip ties there at the at the one handle. Then basically fill the, uh, fill the inner tube with um, whatever material you use. I used, again, rubber mulch. I'd recommend probably uh mixing rubber mulch with something heavier, like if uh ball bearings if you have any of those, or I don't know, marbles, but just something that has more mass than rubber, because I'm probably going to end up doing that. And then basically leaving another four or five inches of slack once you filled it up, zip tie it there. And it ends up looking, I don't know, what like um a wonton or something, but with handles. The one I put together uh, with the rubber mulch is about seven pounds. Uh, I wanted it to be heavier than that, so I'll probably go in and take half the mulch out and put in... I don't know. I could even put in, like, some rocks or something. Uh, But you do come in contact with the bag in the course of exercising, so be careful with that. But I was really pleased with it. Uh, I've been really pleased so far with it. Um, The exercises are simple. It was super easy to make and uh, we'll see how the uh training uh routine goes with that. So, really neat and it's a really simple um project that you can do and literally uh, I did it in 20 minutes. So, and if I can do it, you can do it. Minimal tools required. Basically, all you need is zip ties and something to cut the uh the inner tube with, and I just used a razor blade. So, basically, uh I'll have the instructions out on our website on how to do that. I'll link out to the lifehacker article really good stuff, really simple to put together. Also on our website, we have a link to Amazon and on the Amazon link, you can go in and buy the stuff you're already going to buy at Amazon. And uh, Amazon kicks back a little bit of uh, change to us. It doesn't cost you any more and it really helps keep us going. Uh, we really appreciate everyone out there. Who's been using our Amazon link and uh, we, we encourage all of our listeners to do that. Uh, If you want to, and I'm not saying you have to, but if you want to, you could actually click our Amazon link and just bookmark that and use that for Amazon going forward. Like I said, it's a simple, easy way to help us out, and it doesn't cost you any more than the stuff that you're already buying on Amazon. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. One thing that's been on my mind a lot recently is uh, gastric bypass. No, I'm not looking at doing that myself. But a friend of mine just actually had, uh, I think it's called the gastric sleeve surgery. I should actually look into that uh, more so I can actually give you more information on it. I might try to have him on. I'll talk with him this week and see if he's interested in doing that. But um, the surgery that he had, it's similar to gastric bypass, but it's less invasive, I think because it was done laparoscopically. But it made me think about how J.D. Church, the former co-host of Get the Skinny, dear personal friend of mine and one of the, you know, the driving force behind the TF Radio Network, which is where this podcast is coming from. He died last year. But the one thing that, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, he actually had gastric bypass surgery when he was 20 years old, which would have been about, oh, 2000, something like that. And the difference in the surgery that J.D. had and my friend had, the experience they had are dramatically different. Admittedly, J.D. did have a lot of complications with his surgery, but even the surgery itself was far more invasive. So I wanted to actually revisit that and uh, play the discussion that J.D. and I had about gastric bypass surgery Back in uh, January of 2011 in an earlier version of Get the Skinny. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to that. And after that, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up for the
1: week. Somehow, basically like the first year or two that I was in college, uh, I didn't live on campus. I lived in a small apartment off campus that my grandmother owned. Um, My typical day consisted of going to classes all in one building and then working in AV where I didn't really do much but answer the phones. And I did that like 8 to 5, and then I came home and uh, spent the rest of my evening, you know, sitting at home uh, on ATT, uh, which is Alto Toys or Transformers for the old school uh, Transformers people. But um that was pretty much it. And during that time, I ate a lot. Um, I ate an awful lot. It was not uncommon for me to, you know, eat whole large pizzas by myself. It was not uncommon for me to... Uh, you know, my common eating out meal was Wendy's, which was a, uh, triple cheeseburger with the really big fries and then the biggie sized frosty. I
0: used to, I used to go um, to, uh, Burger King, um, before a closing and order the double cheeseburger, which, you know, has the small piece of, uh, hamburger, two, 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 um, pieces. I would go before they closed because I know oftentimes they were out of that. Cut of hamburger, and they would put Whopper yeah. patties on it at the same price, and I would order two or three of those. So wow. I get double so, Whopper cheeseburgers. Yeah. I would eat three. I was. Um,
1: free. but uh, you know, breakfast, I was you know eating Fruit Loops out of a mixing bowl and stuff. So I was eating a lot. Yeah. I mean, there was no question as to why I was so big. And when I eventually had my uh, surgery, or when I was, I had gone and you know, I'd seen my doctor a few times about weight loss, and, um. You know, it was basically like, here's the deal. Um, if you can't lose weight or can't get the weight off, uh, you're going to be lucky to make it to 30. Wow. Um, and, of course, you know, I was 20 at the time. So, um, at that point, um, the the more prominent surgery was the more invasive uh, gastric bypass. Now, of course, most of what's done now is, is the lap band, the lap band. Um, so what I had was the, uh, ruin X or the ruin Y, which is basically what they do is they cut off a section of your, uh, the stomach. They staple it off and sort of, um, section it off. Um, so it basically turns your stomach into a very small pouch. Um, and then they run a separate line of intestine from that pouch, and then reconnect it back into your lower intestine. So essentially, you still have mostly of a functioning stomach um, as far as the lower part of the stomach, mm-hmm. but um, the, the actual working part of your stomach is actually very, very small. So the immediate effect would be that uh, you become full much faster, you feel satisfied much faster, and it just sort of... It, for lack of a better term, it really just sort of tricks your body into saying, oh, we're full, we've eaten, um, mm, we still need energy, so let's burn all this fat. Um, so, you know, that's uh, that's essentially how it works. Now, it's not without complications. Um, you know, it, there, there are potential complications just from the surgery itself. Uh, there's the complications from... After you've had the surgery, it becomes difficult to um, you know, like. It sort of messes with your vitamin absorption mm-hmm. because a lot of that's done in your stomach. So you have to be very cautious about uh, your vitamin intake. So that I was constantly having to take vitamins and vitamin supplements at the time. Um, so uh, pretty. So it's I mean, kind of invasive surgery. I mean, essentially like I said, they they make an incision from just below your sternum to just below your belly button pull you open. Um, they, uh, of course, do all the work on the stomach. They also took my gallbladder out at the time. Um, Did that
0: have any, uh, I mean, w- was there a reason for that specifically?
1: Um, mainly it was just because of the genetics. My mom and, and other family members had had issues, and typically with obesity you'll have, with like that level of obesity, it's not uncommon to have gallbladder issues. Gotcha, okay. So they just went ahead and took it out while, uh, while they were in there rather than, you know, having the likely scenario of having to remove it in another two to three years. So, um, so I came in. So my, for, my surgery was scheduled on December 14th of, uh, of, uh, 1999. So the schedule was I was supposed to be, you go in for the surgery. Typically, it's a uh, three to four to five recovery day process. And then, um, would be sent home once I could eat. And then, you know, of course, just starting the eating and recovery process from there. Um, but so, I mean, as far as that surgery, like I said, it is extremely invasive. I mean, they are literally cutting your guts open and rearranging, you know, the way your, uh, the way your stomach works and, and the way your intestines and everything sort of, the uh, way the food comes through. So, Fairly invasive, like I said, they had told me about the wrist, but, you know, I, I was willing to say, well, you know, if I don't have it now, I'm going to die later, so I may as well have it now and then do the work to try to to get healthier. So go in December 14th, have the surgery, come out. Everything goes awesome, uh, real smooth. Um, I was pretty much in and out, awake. Um, my recovery process went really amazing. Uh, I uh, came out and... Um, you know, within, you know, a few days, I was up and around, I was walking the hallways, so I, you know, really, I mean, as far as my recovery, uh, I think my age contributed a lot, I think my activity contributed a lot, but I was, and my determination at the time, so I mean, I was, by, the surgery was on um, uh, Tuesday, and by Thursday or, or Friday, it was looking like I might be able to go home. Um, and, and I had done all the pre work and things, you know, all the sort of the prerequisites I was on the way. And then, like Friday, I started to get, like, I started to sort of not, and I had been eating at this point. I had already started eating some very small amounts, um, which I had started to do on Thursday. And it was after I started to eat that, um, I started to not feel very well. And um sorta of went the weekend, ended up with a fever uh that I had a little bit over the weekend. So Monday morning they took me in to have it wasn't exactly an upper GI, but it was something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um I had to drink this horrible chemical um to do and it wasn't barium because barium is toxic to like the insides of your body. Mm-hmm. So but it was something kind of derivative. Um it was absolutely the most horrible thing I've ever tasted in my life. Um and I had to drink like a whole cup full of it in order for them to get pictures. So I drank it that morning for the test. And then they came back like later in the day and said, well, we need some better pictures. So I had to go back and um, drink that horrible uh, food again um, in order to give them more pictures um, in order to, to get a good look. So finally at like 8 o'clock that night, they came back and said, well, here's the deal. When we stapled you back up. It just happens sometimes that the staples actually cause uh, punctures uh, in the stomach. And what was happening is as I had started to eat, that the food was coming out into my body cavity. Oh, wow. And had formed an abscess. Um, So, you know, of course, to me, they're saying, yeah, you've got this thing and we're going to have to go back in and fix it up. And I said, okay, you know, what, you know, so when are they going to schedule that? And they're like, we're prepping the OR right now. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, okay, I was not quite ready for that. So Monday, which was less, less than a week or, you know, just at less than a week than I had had my first surgery, I was being rushed into the OR to be cut open yet again, um, which was extremely dangerous because my body hadn't really recovered from the first surgery. Right. Um, and because once they got inside, they knew they were going to be up against an abscess. Um, of course, you know, they, to me, they're like very general. And then to my mother, you know, the doctor says, we're going to do everything we can to, uh, bring him out of surgery. You know? (laughs) So I'm like, I didn't know that until later, but I mean, basically they're, you know, telling my folks to, um, hope for the best and expect the worst because it was very likely that I could have died on the table. Wow um when they actually did get me open i had a five ounce abscess which um if you have trouble imagining that it's about a half a can of coke so if you think about that much infection uh, in my body cavity if they wouldn't have been able to remove it before it burst um i would have died from the infection so uh, on the table so um, so anyway, then I spent like three months recovering because I couldn't eat again until the hole in my stomach healed. They tried to fix it when they had me in surgery, and they weren't able to close it. So every week for like seven weeks, I had to drink that horrible fluid every Monday morning and then listen to the yet again disappointing news that I was not healed. So, thankfully, I had had a drainage tube out of the bottom part of my stomach, which wasn't connected but was still functioning mm-hmm. and I was able to eat out of a eating tube for that period. so I sort of got a jump start on the weight loss <laughs> because uh I had to eat out of a feeding tube for a little about a month and a half um, It was challenging, and I think I learned a lot about myself through that process about you know what I can stand, what I can tolerate, you know what what's important and what's not. Um, it's an oddly focusing experience to go seven weeks without eating anything.
0: I can't imagine. That's that's and, just incomprehensible.
1: Yeah. I mean, and nothing, no water. I didn't even drink anything. I could not eat anything. I could not drink anything. I took nothing by mouth. Wow. from From the time I came out of the second surgery, which was, like I said, that December 20th, until I finally, my test came back clear, which was February 12th, I think. So, maybe almost, almost two full months that I could not eat anything. And I think that's why now, like, I don't really have a problem with the sort of um, what most people would consider to be a mundane diet. Yeah. Because I went so long without eating anything. I mean, two months, maybe, not in the scheme of things, but I at least learned that, i could go without you know
0: what happened um obviously i mean you lost weight from the surgery
1: well it's not a miracle and um you know when you you know at the time i had a lot of focus and at the time i thought i was pretty determined and i don't know that i had really mentally prepared myself for what was going to come after i think i i think i had sort of fooled myself into thinking that it was going to be a miracle cure. And, of course, I lost a lot of weight. Um, I think I was pretty much at my lowest. Um, you can actually see some of the pictures, like, from my BotCon collection on my Facebook page. Or um,
0: That's when I met you.
1: Um, yeah, and so that's when we met. That was probably when I was at my lowest weight. Um, but, you know, of course, from there, you can still go around it. I mean, of course, your stomach, your stomach is designed to expand... And it will stretch back out. So some of it is my stomach has stretched back out and I can eat more. Uh, Some of it is what I was eating. I wasn't eating very healthy. I wasn't very active. So if you... So you're eating
0: like densely, calorically packed foods.
1: Yeah, if you eat a lot of, you know. Now, I can't eat... I mean, it's permanently changed some of my diet. Because things like ice cream, for some reason, my stomach can't really process it anymore. So ice cream almost makes me sick. If I eat something that's too sweet, um, my stomach can't really process it anymore, and it makes me ill. Um, so, but, and I still have, like, problems with large chunks of meat. Like, I, if it's steak, it has to be a really, like, tender, almost, you know, kind of rare steak. Because I can't, if it's, like, a really, like, if it's overdone or cooked, you know, too thick, then that's really hard on my stomach as well because I don't have all of those same stomach muscles. So, it it, you know, it is possible to circumvent, and that's why I say it's not a miracle. And a lot of, my understanding is there's a lot of people that are in my boat that had that really invasive surgery, lost weight for a while, and then lost focus, didn't really make the life changes that they needed to, and then have put a lot of the weight back on. Now, like I said, I haven't put all of it back on, but I've, I've put a lot back on.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I, 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 knew things were bad, um, from the surgery that, that it was life threatening, but I didn't realize it was that bad. That's rough.
1: It, it's about, I think for my thing, they said it was about a one in a hundred chance that something like that would happen. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they don't necessarily catch it in time. And so that's where you can die. Um, you know, a lot of people that were older than me were having the surgery. So the mortality rate was a little bit higher from that, but. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have a surgery like that, you can always, you know, it's always a risk. Yeah. So.
0: Oh, man, I miss that guy. Uh, JD was one of my closest friends. And uh, just hearing his voice just makes me happy. Uh, he was an awesome human being. So if you're listening to the podcast, let us know. Uh, send us an email at contact at net, or follow us on Twitter gts podcast let us know the kind of stuff that you want to hear on the show we're we're here for you it's your show uh give us a yell and also tell your friends about us if um if if you like the show you know send the link to a friend if you have a friend that uh, has been talking about you know wanting to get fit or uh lose weight you know send them a link You know, we're here to help motivate people to, you know, reach their fitness goals and hopefully uh, provide some information or uh, some humor uh, once in a while to, uh, you know, help people out. And uh, in doing so also, it's a journey for us. You know, John is trying to get super fit and I'm trying to, you know, lose weight and get healthy. So uh, it's it's a full service podcast, so to speak. So, yeah, tell your friends. We would appreciate that. So uh, John and I will be back next week. It'll be episode eight. And hopefully uh, by then I can give you an update on how the Bulgarian training bag uh, exercises are working. And uh, also, if uh, you decide that you want to either build a bench or a Bulgarian training bag or you know anything else, again, shoot us a note, contact at tfradio.net, or uh, tweet at us at uh, GTS Podcast. Until then, I'm Brian Kilby. Thanks for listening. This has been Get the Skinny.